All right. Good afternoon. Super kicking with Stephen Fans, your favorite host right here. We got the Greg one over there. We got Stephen A. 1181 right here. Another week. Another reward. Oh, nice. Uh, Look at that merch. Yeah, I know. Like this. Oh, this is nice, right? This I is love old, that. This is old school yes, 2017. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, but it's a cool. I like this. It's nice and comfy. So, yeah. Um, another week of releases, but first let's get some good news happening. So I saw Randy Orton, uh, tweet out, Greg, thanks to fans. He will surpass Kane tomorrow for most pay-per-view matches with 177. So I saw that. And then on raw, if he wrestles on raw, he'll have the most raw matches of any superstar. So I just want to throw that out there real quick. And I think. Where do you put Randy Orton, Greg, in your echelon, your tiers? I I kind of think he's going he's gonna get all of his love after he's gone. Like not dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hopefully he'll get the love yeah. before then. But you know, like I think he'll get all the love. He I will say as well, I think the past few years, people have really turned to his side. You know, there was that I think 2010-ish, 2011. I I feel like the tide kind of turned in his favor for him uh mm-hmm. you know early on i think there wasn't a lot of love for him you know especially when he uh, you know the kind of the army stuff that he went awol and just you seemed like he was full of himself way too much uh kept getting knocked down and kept coming back thanks to other things uh, but you know it seems like finally the crowd has got not the crowd but fans have got behind him Either way, they love him as a heel. They love him as a face. I think they see the work he does. You know, it's not the prettiest, but he just, he, you know, it's like the creative wrestler thing, Greg, where it feels like he's got all those tools yep. right there. And so for me, I think he's not top, you know, he's not the stone cold Hogan, Cena, Taker, uh, Bruno, you know, that. But I mean, maybe the edge level. That second tier guys, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. Kurt Angle, um, I don't know, you know, that just hard workers. But I do think when he retires, everyone will come out saying they loved him from the start, even though they really didn't. <laughs> you'll you'll get the love right. best for him. <laughs> so what about yourself, mm-hmm. Greg? What about you know, you know, thoughts on Orton? Obviously, it's, it's and it seems like he's not ready to wrap it up yet. <laughs> I still think he's got a good five, ten years in him, it seems like, you know, barring any injury so uh, how about your own thoughts on orton surpassing some milestones here in the next couple of days yeah that's awesome you know props to him and it just speaks to his longevity how long he's been able to do this at such a high level um the man's phenomenon and he you know it has the background you know being second generation or actually third generation i think third generation yep third generation and, you know, it's in his blood, you know, he's known how to do this from a super young age. And um, the fact he's still around performing at the level that he's on right now, it's just a testament to his hard work, um, his being like a student of the game. I, I guess when you have, you know, father and grandfather who came up that, that you, it's impossible for you not to be, but um a lot of people have that talent, that bloodline, and still don't succeed on the level that he does. So 
I put him right below that level of, you know, Stone Cold and The Rock as far as mainstream popularity. But even you can, he's crossed those lines sometimes too. I mean, I mean, how many RKO gifts have you seen? <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> you know, the, the, the RKO gifts were hot yeah. for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, the Marine movies, yeah. Um, you know, he's got a face that's ready for Hollywood if, when he decides to wrap it up. And, uh, you know, his character work has been super strong. I remember the, the early days of uh, him coming out, Babyface. Remember the Get Well Randy uh, campaign after uh, he broke his arm and he came out in, the, in the, the sling every week and, you know, put up the, uh, the address for Get Well Randy cards and that whole thing. Uh, but he's had great programs after great programs, and he's it's been a uh, benefit to him to come up in the era that he came up in, the Attitude yeah. Era, and so that's definitely helped his his profile being in the ring with Austin and Rock and Triple H in their prime and HBK in his prime, Undertaker in his prime, and that really catapulted him to the top. Um, but now that he's there. You know, he's done a great job staying there. And when he's invested in a storyline, there's nobody better. Uh, when Edge came back and he got in that program with Edge and they had that series of brutal matches and those promos, those matches, everything was top notch. And when he's got a storyline that he can sink his teeth into, nobody better. Um, yeah. Even right now, what he's doing to RK Bro, um, you know, he, he really doesn't thrive in tag teams even in evolution he wasn't a standout piece but now he is uh, in a tag team which is out of his uh realm usually mm-hmm. and um so everything he does when he really gets behind it you know he's as good as anybody who's ever done it so uh i love the guy and like you said it, once he retires all the love for him is going to come out but um, we should do our uh, best to appreciate him now while he's still in the ring because he's still one of the best. You know, he had to put a top 10 together across all all brands. Randy Orton is, mm-hmm. you know, def- easily in the top 10, if not top five. Yeah. And just think still that OVW class, Batista, Orton, Cena, and Lester. I mean, we talk about AW and their mm-hmm. four pillars like, I mean, you. I don't think you'll ever see another foursome come up like that, you know, in WWE. Yeah. Like, I mean, that it just all worked out for all four of those. And I mean, it's probably funny because it's like hard, you know. Obviously, Cena and Lesnar probably step ahead, but you, like you said, with Batista's work that he did, and Orton. I mean, are they as far behind as we think? If you, you know, especially if you consider longevity of Orton. I mean, that's that's got to play a part too. And to be on the top for most, you know, most of that time. So, uh, but Greg, we got to get into it, unfortunately, or yep. fortunately for one superstar, because I've not seen any hate for this guy leaving. But anyways, uh, this is the latest round. So Sean Morrison, top dollar, Ashante Adonis, Isaiah, Isaiah Swerve Scott, Tegan Knox, Drake Maverick, Shane Thorne, and uh, dot, 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 d
which nobody cares. <laughs> right. I've not seen anyone say that they are mad that he lost his job, but uh, <laughs> I am a little upset with um, Taya. I know you love her, Greg, but and I get she's yep. upset and tweeting out. Part of me is like, okay, I get it. You've lost your income, but I don't think you're going to be going the unemployment line anytime soon. And that kind of bugs me. It rubs me the wrong way when she's like, because there's real people out there. Like, if me or you lose our job, Gregs, we're going to be hurting. Like, I got to yeah. file for an appointment. I have to, I'm going to have to, you know, I might be hurt for it. Like, I don't think John Morrison and Taya are going to be like, you know, counting change, trying to get gas in her car. No offense. You know, like, I get you lost your income, but you also probably have some money to fall back on. You know, you're not get online to look for jobs. But anyways, that's, I just kind of, you know, and I get it. She's upset that they both lost their jobs, which when I saw Morrison's name, Greg, I mean, I hate to say, was it that surprising? Like the first name that you, mm -hmm. you know, we've kind of talked that up now, of course, hit row, hit row, hit row, hit row. Like when BFAB was gone, I was mm -hmm. like, okay. And then they still did stuff. So that's, and people are like, well, they just got called up just so they could do 90 days at 730. I, part of me doesn't believe that. I think maybe they thought they were going to go somewhere. And then whatever reason, you know, Nick Khan, whoever seems to be in charge of these cuts was like, nope, we're done. Like, and it, you know, it's just weird that they're the ones. Because then you look at Tegan Knox. I, I think she'll be fine. She could go back to her, her original character, which is Nixon Newell. Uh, Drake Maverick, I think will do stuff with EC3 and Braun and they'll do, you know, whatever they're going to do. Um, who else was on there? Shane Thorne. I mean that now he'll probably be hurting because who knows if he has work visas, kind of like the Jonah, you know, uh, Bronson Reed character, like that might be tough. And then Jackson Riker, which whatever, <laughs> but Greg, I think yeah. both agree. <laughs> um, hit row is the, that's a shocking one this time. Personally, like I said, John Morrison, I guess you could be shocked by, but at the same time, are you? I mean, his wife just lost her job. I kind of feel like, you know, they cut Carrie and Cross Scarlet together. They cut Keith Lee and Mia Yim. So, I mean, at least they're being somewhat, they're putting them to get, you know, they're not like, I guess it'd be better if you cut one and the other, but at the same time, they probably want to do stuff together as well. So I'm not, I hate saying I'm not upset for John Morrison. I know it sounds like I'm not Greg and I mean, I'm not, but hit row are the guys that I'm like, okay, what did we do there? <laughs> like what? Yeah. What's going on there? Because that was tailor made for a group to go get some bloodline. It gets new day. I mean, you had everything right there for you. So have at it, Greg, mm -hmm. give your own thoughts on the latest round of releases. Yeah, um, shaking my head definitely at the hit row releasing. Uh, BFAB, I could give a pass to because after watching her two matches in NXT, it was obvious she was not ready. Um, I thought she would have been great just being in the background, you know, the eye candy behind the three, you know, the three stars. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're legit wrestlers, and she could be in the background and, you know, just add to the, uh, you know, the window dressing. Mm -hmm. 
so I understand Beef had been release because as a wrestler, she wasn't ready, and it, it, they probably want more than somebody just stands around the ring. Um, but releasing the whole squad, that's ridiculous. I mean, you know, they were getting a big following down at NXT. Um, they were one of the hottest acts of the night anytime they were on. Um, I think WWE dropped the ball going back to when they were doing the whole thing with uh, the two shows in one night because they were broadcasting from the Rolling Loud Festival. And um, they sent they sent Carmella versus uh, Bianca in front of the Rolling Loud audience as well as a uh, match with the Street Profits. And you should have sent hit row out there i mean take that cypher performance they did on nxt tv put that in front of the rolling Loud audience now you've converted a ton of new fans because the people at the rolling loud would have known what a cypher was and they would have been into it and it would have got them over huge um i think they dropped the ball there but you know you ask Vince McMahon what a cypher is he, i'm sure he will not be able to answer that for you um it's just misunderstanding what you have in the talents that are before you. Um, I am ashamed of, of the whole creative team as a whole. I mean, how do you not understand this? Um, I can imagine the writer's room is probably, you know, 40 plus white guys trying to write for, you know, urban hip hop youth. And this is the time when you want to take the AEW approach and just give them the marching order of this is the objective. Say what you want to say as long as you hit the point and they let them do it their way because that writer's room is not going to understand what and how they delivered their message. But yeah. we got it. Everybody who's watching enjoyed it. And now we saw them on the main roster like, okay, we got it great new faction ready to come up and you know they can do some things um i was looking forward to seeing swerve against you know the big names on smackdown um they gave us false hope with the whole Sami Zayn uh angle they ran and i don't get what they're what they're thinking of i mean you know that they're struggling hard enough to get talent to fill out the top of the card much less the mid card and you know those opening matches and you're just letting these guys just walk out the door um so it's confusing i don't get it and it just shows that you know vince in that writer's room is getting more and more clueless by the day so um like you said it's, it's the biggest disappointment biggest surprise of this round of releases uh, morrison i get um they really didn't have anything good for him. You know, he came back and teamed up with Miz and let him rehash their old bit. And after a while, that gets old, too. Um, so they really had nothing for him. Um, like you said, I don't think he and Ty are going to be hurt for money. I mean, they've pretty much made their name everywhere but WWE. Um, in Mexico, in, uh, you know, Japan, touring all over the world. I mean, they're going to do a lot better outside of the WWE realm. I mean, 
Mm-hmm. You look at uh, his Lucha Underground run and see that, you know, when he's given a serious character, you know, he could still be, you know, kind of campy with it, uh, like he was there, but, you know, let him showcase his skills and put him across as a as a real legit wrestler. Yeah. Um, man's going to have some of the most entertaining matches you've ever seen. Um, I'm a fan of his and just not in the WWE system where he's just a comedy character and making bad jokes. And um, he was he's another talent wasted. So um, now part of me thinks, too, yeah, he got to but, but he got to hang out with the Miz, one of his good friends for two and a half years. <laughs> and they got I mean, so, yeah, you know, like I like, is he thinking, oh, this is a fit. Like, I don't know. That's on like. It's a weird dynamic, like a weird, you know, both like I, I feel like I'm talking out both sides of my mouth. Like, was his run the best? No. But at the same time, did we expect him? I mean, I guess you could have thrown him a couple world, world title matches, you know, here and there or IC title. But at the same time, I mean, him and Miz got to do whatever the hell they wanted. <laughs> it felt, you know, they. I think they kind of had the New Day leash like, all right, you want to throw a dumb hip hop video go at it like you know so it's like it's hard for me to feel a little bad for him but i get it that mm-hmm. people are you know and like you said and taya i mean her you know she's only got 30 days and then she can go to impact or aw and get it income again and so it's like yeah but and now now of course he has 90 days so he'll have to wait it out but you know i mean it's a holiday season yeah, you'll but- get time to spend with family and You'll get time to re reassess yourself. I mean, it sounds like he wants to do the movies thing too, which I don't. <laughs> I don't know if I see him as a movie guy. Do you, Greg? Um, I think it's possible you switch out the look a little bit. I mean, true, and but he's he's ready for the camera. I mean, I watched his yeah. uh, season of Survivor just because he was on it, oh, and man. you know his his screen appeal comes across even and. In that realm, I mean, okay. I think that season there's only, um, I don't think anybody really recognized him as a wrestler, he, but he mm-hmm. kind of okay. led with that from the beginning, so yeah. they knew. But okay. um, that that personality and charisma came through even, um, you know, outside of a WWE setting. So I can mm-hmm. see it happen. Um, okay. You know, in good perform. I hope he tries it because you know. Yeah. Instead of having the same old retread guys in all the movies, uh, no offense, Rock, but <laughs> is, is there a movie that Rock or John Cena is not in these days? I still, um, speaking of The Rock, I have not watched Red Notice yet on Netflix, but I really need to sit down and watch that because that looks like a really fun movie with him and Ryan Reynolds. You know what? I just watched yeah. that last night. Was it worth it? It was. Um, okay, I good. really, really Gadot, enjoyed it. Right? And she was yep, Gal Gadot. Wonder she Woman. was fantastic. So, yeah. Okay. Um, some so great fight scenes. Yeah, some great fight scenes. Ryan Reynolds was top notch. He was Deadpool, Deadpool level with with the one liners and the facials and everything. Yeah, was uh, great. So it's it's definitely a, a Netflix night movie. I'll need to check that um, out. Yeah, absolutely. So thumbs what up about from, Tegan? from this any, guy. Any thoughts on Tegan Knox? Um, I'm disappointed that we didn't get to see more of her because I like Tegan. Yeah. Um, and just more wasted potential. She, 
um, what they were doing with her down in NXT was great. Um, I loved the angle with her and uh, Dakota, the turn at War Games. Um, it could have been a nuclear rivalry. And then she brought all that momentum up to the main roster and they just killed it. So it's a lot of injuries. This whole round is. Injury bitten too, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Like she fought through some tough knee, yeah. you know. And like I said, that I think that kind of hurt her here and there because it felt like she'd get going and then she, you know, wrecked one knee and then wrecked the other. I think it was the other knee after. So um, and then Drake Maverick. I mean, he. I I will say, Greg, he made anything he had gold. I mean, he did. I I and I'm not worried about him. I think I think hooking up with EC3. He's already put out a promo video. <laughs> like he literally. Put I was going to ask you, did you see that? Yeah. So it's like that, that video was awesome. I mean, um, so he must he must have known the writing was on the wall because you just don't have that video. <laughs> like, you know, you don't have that video. Just like mm-hmm. make that up in thirty minutes, you know, <laughs> or you don't make it that day. You're, you know, but um, I I think I think he'll be fine. Give him, you know, whatever he's going to do. And then Shane Thorne, you know, we never got to see what he could. I mean, we saw him as Slapjack, <laughs> but we never saw. And even then, Greg, I don't think he even wrestled that much. Uh, then he was trying to do no. a Crocodile Dundee thing on, like, some dark matches. They never, you know, let that run. But, uh, yeah. And then Jackson Riker, which we all thought should have been gone. The first <laughs> the first yeah. round of cuts. I'm surprised he was still there. <laughs> with Macklin and um, uh, Buddy. um uh, Wesley Matthews, that type. Wesley Blake, whatever his name is, you know that. Yeah, uh, the Forgotten like, Sons. Like yeah. So. Um, but yeah, if, for those of you who haven't seen uh, the Drake Maverick video, go to Twitter, pull it up. Check it his, is yep. five minutes of awesomeness. Um, I, I was going to watch it, then I remembered the, uh, the, the storyline behind his first release in the video, yep. and how that led to him, uh, that that tournament that he was in, that groundswell support he got. So had to watch it, and that five minute uh, movie that he made was better than anything that WWE creative gave him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it it lifted you up. I'm gonna go run through a wall after watching that myself. It was so good. Yeah, whoever their I, video, I everybody are... go watch it. We need to figure out who EC3 has as a video video guy because they put together some really great video stuff. So whoever they've been using, you know, Braun, I think, had something too. But, I mean, so, it's you know, I think he'll be fine. But um, Tegan, we'll wonder if we're – I'll be curious. I think she does an indie run. I I think for a little bit maybe me and her and kind of Mia Yim on that indie scene for a little bit of time before they really figure out you know, if AW wants them or if Impact wants them. But um, I guess we'll see, Greg. You know, we, <laughs> we're we still not at the end of the year, so we'll see what, um, you know, are they, are they just all saving up their money for MJF there in 2023? <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Back up the truck. That's what he thinks. Truck to him. All right, you know, I first would have thought Hangman would have been it, but now that he's champion, Greg, I'm like, well, Hangman's going to stay forever, so. But, you know, I, yep. I'm kind of wondering if MJF could be that. All right. You know, I brought it up a few times. Wardlow, I, you know, because I, because now we got to think, I would think over the next year, AEW guys' contracts would be up. 
So you wonder if they might make the jump just to, you know, see, you know, what the water's like on the other side or what the grass is like. But um, I would think this year or next year, uh, somebody even said (laughs) they should try to get Jim Ross just for talent relations and scouting. But uh, I think he's already done done it there and uh, we don't see him ever Mm -hmm. back, you know, other than if they ever induct him in the Hall of Fame. (laughs) <laughs> as a as a broadcast guy. So, or is he yeah. already in the Hall of Fame? Well, he's already in the Hall of Fame because they always say Hall of Famer Jim Ross, so never mind. So yeah, he's good. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, speaking I, of I, I heard Tony ahead. Khan last night on uh on Sirius before okay. uh Rampage and they were talking about that. They brought up uh MJF's line uh doing his promo about the bidding war. And um, if he if he knew that line was coming, and does he expect there to be a bidding war? And, and Tony Khan was real about it. He said absolutely. Um, apparently, it's not the first time MJF has used that line behind the scenes. So he knew it was coming. And the big point he made was that um, it, he was disappointed for or hurt for the uh, everyone who got released because, you know, it's a real thing. It's people's lives, people's jobs. And, um, but with the uncertainty, even though you sign a contract, you know, it's not a, there's no loyalty. There's no sense of, you know, okay, I've signed a three-year contract. I'm going to be here three years. Whereas opposed to uh, when you sign with him, that, the link you sign for is the link you're going to get. And that was the message he was sending across. So, um, and he's, you know, preaches loyalty and he's he's proven it by, you know, keeping all those wrestlers signed during um, the pandemic when everybody was laid off and the arenas were closed. And he has honored his word. When you signed the contract with him, you know, you're going to get the terms that you signed up for. Uh, you're not going to have to worry about getting fired six months after your run starts. And, uh, you know, he's put his money where his mouth is, literally. So, you know, props to him. And he's kind of shined a light on that, that, you know, WWE's cutting all these people 15, 18 at a time, while at the same time boasting about, uh, this being the biggest financial quarter that they've had since 2019. So it's, it's kind of uh, hypocritical what they're doing there, making budget cuts in their most profitable year. Yeah. And, um, you know, you, you want family, you want loyalty, go to AEW. Mm-hmm. That is what's not weird. know if you're going to be working tomorrow, <laughs> stay where you are. Yeah. That is what's I, you know, when you brag about record profits and then you're cutting people, that is a weird dilemma to have you know like why are you cutting people if you're making record profits so um because obviously mm-hmm. they're making you know and, and and i mean it's all you know i i compare it to sports team it's like you know the pacers they lose players here and there for whatever reason and you just keep supporting the team it's like that's i guess that's what you, you got to care more about the brand for wwe if you do care about it and then you know you like your superstars here and there so um yeah but um we will get into AEW. Why don't we do a first kind of uh, commercial break to kind of get ready for that? 
And uh, then we'll get to some AW Dynamite and Rampage talk. And uh, yeah, so we'll give you some elite performance talk here real quick. And then be right back with AW talk. back so let's just get right into it aw dynamite happened on wednesday night of course uh we started the night right off hot greg with a celebration for hangman adam page um just picking up the win like we all thought would happen uh just a strong effort there um from aw full gear and just really great matches and all that uh, i know we didn't get too deep into it we could kind of jump back and forth you know if you have if we have a wrestler come up, Greg, and you want to talk about their full gear match, you can, and then uh, we'll mm-hmm. kind of go back there. But a really, you know, fun opening segment because we also had Brian Danielson come out, you know, kind of towing the line between heel and face, and then just kind of went right into it. And I think this is what people wanted almost seeing Punk to do, you know, come out with this fire, this smarky, you know, kind of towing the line between heel and face, but then just going all into it. So. Daniel, our Brian Danielson, you know, just wants to take out all the Dark Order guys until he could get to Hangman Page. And um, he also went against Evil Uno. Pretty decent match here and there. And, you know, mm-hmm. of course, uh, a good kick <laughs> from the American Dragon and, you know, choked him out and immediate, immediate choke out. <laughs> Not even like, I didn't even know the, the bell was already ringing before I even saw the tap. So, uh, yeah, him and Evil Uno. But, so it'd be cool for Dark Order guys to mix it up with Brian Danielson, Greg, and eventually get to Daniel Bryan and uh, Adam Page, which I am I saw winter is coming. It's going to be December 5th. Does that feel too soon for that match, though, Greg, or do we need to let it play out a little bit more for that to happen? Like New Year's uh, Smash, maybe? Yeah. Because, um, what, December 5th is two weeks from now, so... Yeah. Um, like more time to let it breathe. Um, with a match this big, um, unless you're going to do, you know, a DQ finish and yeah. let that lead into New Year's match or something like that. Um, but yeah, to me, it's too soon. Um, he's going to carve through the dark order. You still got about 10 more people to go. Um, but NWO style. Uh, yeah. Um, I liked this opening segment. It was really, really good. Um, and I like the the edge that Brian uh, showed right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he's definitely tight roping the face and heel line at the same time. And um, I was waiting for him just to go full. He'll start dissing the audience and, um, you know, all the other standard heel tropes. But he didn't. He he talked a lot of smack, and he got the champ's face, 
And instead of being like a cowardly heel, he's showing that, you know, there's no MJF's phrase, you know, he's better than you and you know it. And um, he's going to prove it by beating up all your buddies. Mm-hmm. And and then it's going to be your turn. So uh, that whole opening segment, the, the, you know, attitude he's showing, the... You know, that's definitely what I wanted to see. This a different side of him that we didn't get to see in WWE unless he was full-blown heel, and even then it wasn't as good as what we just saw. So um, the match was, was decent. Um, you know, Evil Uno was anything but evil. Uh, so I've always had issue with that. You know, the guy with evil in his name does nothing that's evil. Um but still a decent match. It proves its point. You know, Danielson is going to be a beast, and he's going to beast through the Dark Order. Mm-hmm. And I think if you do it where he just gets incrementally, incrementally um, more violent with each one, you know, and and generates that buildup, maybe gets under cowboy skin more and more with each guy. You know, you know, laying it in a little bit more with each one, uh, maybe injuring a couple guys. Then, you know, by the time it gets to the two of them, it's going to be really serious, which is why it's better to, you know, stress this out a little bit and use the Dark Order's pawns. But, um, yeah, I'm liking where this, this storyline is going. Yeah, and I mean, and I think New Year's Smash is the last show on – TNT, so you wonder if they might just let it play out there as like the final match on TNT before they move to TBS and kind of reset. Now, Greg, I know we've talked about it. Like, are we okay if Brian loses that high profile title match? Because I can't see them dropping the title that quick. But do you think it will? It won't hurt him though, right? No, absolutely not. Um, it. It definitely won't hurt him. You know, he's got all the momentum in the world. And taking one loss to Hangman is not going to, you know, knock him down to, you know, the the back of the line. Um, we're going to want to see another match after the match they're going to give us. So, you know, you can definitely keep setting the program. And maybe uh, after that first match, turn Brian full heel. And that's going to give another ripple to this, the storyline. So. Yeah. Um, there's a lots of things you can do with these two and, you know, keep drawing money for a few more months before transitioning both off to different opponents. And I, I mean, I think it's a great first step for Adam page as champion. I mean, there's not many more, not many hotter guys right now that you could throw, you know, hangman into a first feud with to really get the crowd behind him and, not that they're behind him already, but, you know, just to really show a legitimacy to his title runs. So um, some other things on um, on Dynamite. We had the Butcher and the Blade against Orange Cassidy and Ishii. I believe it was Ishii was his name. Uh, just a brutal mm-hmm. hoss in the ring, um, just kind of hulking around there. And uh, his first appearance on national television, a, uh, New Japan, what was it, Never open or never wait champion but i know they have a thousand titles in new japan so (laughs) 
I forget which one. I thought yep. it was the never, never wait or something like that. So um, we just need to finish off the Orange Cassidy, Matt Hardy feud. Correct, Greg? Like this thing yeah, keeps going and I see no end in sight for it. I, know, I thought the, the last match, what the Lumberjack match was the end of it. But uh, yeah, you're right. They're, they keep changing channels with this rivalry. It's supposed to be, you know, we're going to cut your hair and they let that die. And then, um, you know, you thought that was going to be an end of it with the Lumberjack match. And nope, that's not it. He's still hanging around during our, all of Orange's matches. So I don't see what the end game is in here because nobody's talking about it. Nobody cares. And, uh, you know, I like that they, they've associated Orange with this new faction out of Japan. Chaos. And showing us Rocky Romero and mm-hmm. um, this Ishii guy. And, you know, put him in the cast of more serious characters than best friends. Yeah. So uh, I'm all for that. And, you know, showing us a different side to him. But uh, the whole Matt Hardy angle, they can be done with that. And I think everybody will be happier for it because there's really no point to it right now that I can see. And at least as long as we're not talking, if I lose this match, you'll get my first quarter earnings. Because wasn't that a stipulation or <laughs> right. two, I think, or some that was some stipulation. But uh, it sounds like yeah. for the chaos. That was an earlier one. Yeah, I forget who that was with, but yeah, I was just like, okay, like who cares? We know you're not giving anybody money. Like that's like, like you know, talk about just not realistic ideas. But it sounds like for the chaos faction, the ultimate end game there is to get Okada, who's you know the huge New Japan star, on TV, and that sounds like why they're trying to slowly um, integrate some New Japan guys and chaos faction, but. uh yeah, Rocky Romero and the Daniel Bryan match that we saw in Indy was ridiculously good. So, and those guys have had mm-hmm. a lot of history. So, um, some other things we saw: Nyla Rose defeated Sheeta. Nyla Rose will move on to the TNT, or sorry, TBS Championship. Uh, any thoughts there, Greg? I mean, Sheeta kind of looks like she's lost everything, all the momentum that she had. Um, date, you know, when she lost the title, so. Yeah, she definitely has. Um, and I'm a Sheeta fan, so it's uh, as long as things are redone within, you know, they're not burying her. Um, she and Nyla had a great match, and the the finish was, uh, you know, believable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe this is a way to write her off TV for a little bit, you know, the knee injury uh, angle, and she comes back, you know, stronger. But, um yeah, she's definitely ice cold right now. Um, but, you know, it's a good time to, to take her off TV a little bit, reset, and then, um, you know, bring her back. Because she's a huge talent, and, you know, whenever she's in a match, you know, you're, gonna, you're not going to be disappointed. So, um, you know, I hope she's okay, but, you know, it's time to hit a reset button on her because I think the – the uh mis- her mystique and her that uniqueness is kind of worn off mm-hmm. almost need to go another direction which i don't know what other 
it feels like with the you know the japanese wrestlers they have they just all kind of stick them together um as far as you know what not stick them together but give them you know other than emmy sakura who has the the queen <laughs> like the freddie mercury type stuff happening everybody else mm -hmm. just rio has this i'm happy to be here thing that she does and she you know just comes out with the kendo stick every time looks like a street fighter like that's about it so yeah <laughs> um how about this so greg so we're moving on from mr from cm punk and eddie kingston even though i thought after their full gear match with the no handshake we would have kept going there we might be mm -hmm. transitioning to cm punk mjf <laughs> which that's you know that's a big uh that's a big money match right there you know Will that be the first loss CM Punk finally gets? Because it feels like MJF should come up or, you know, in the end of him. But uh, we're kind of, you know, I think we'll go through maybe Wardlow first. Um, who else is with the pinnacle? Maybe Sean Spears. And then we'll get to, you know, MJF and CM Punk. I mean, I guess you could still have the Eddie Kingston stuff out there, Greg. But it seems like they're just like, okay, we gave them the match. So let's... And, of course, we talked about there was only, what, a two, three-week build for that. So they kind yeah. of rushed it anyway. And now you're just like, well, we're just going to push him into this. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was awesome, though. CM Punk comes out there and does this, like I'm doing right now. Doesn't say a word and walks away laughing. Um, so, yes, that and that's what you need to do with MJF, I think, to, you know, to get under his skin. You don't give a response back. You just walk away. And I think that's going to build it up. But I think we'll see some good, almost like Team Taz, you know, CM Punk will have to go through some Team Taz to get to the final boss. So uh, how about MJF and CM Punk promo there, our program here happening, Greg? All for it, man. All for it. Uh, I am disappointed that they pivoted off the uh, Eddie Kingston angle so quick, like you said. Because um, I think they could have gotten a whole lot more mileage out of that. You know, it's only one match, one um victory and then you know with, it just with uh <laughs> kingston yeah it, it's you could have got a couple more matches and it only had two three weeks to build up but it was white hot by the time we got full gear and everybody was waiting for it so you know there's no reason you couldn't have you know extended that for you know a few more matches so i think they they missed an opportunity right there if in fact that they're moving away from that right now, you know, right away and not um, leaving that, you know, specter hanging around, um, which is not guaranteed that that's the case. You know, maybe Kingston runs some interference or something um, just to screw with him. So that would be an interesting angle to tie those three in together. But um, from the looks of things, it's away from Kingston and on to MJF. Who, by the way, talked about the full gear match, the MJF and Darby match. Holy crap. You know, that's that's that match where you come back through Gorilla after that match and look at the rest of the locker room and go top that. Yeah. Um, that's a main that event in a year or two. <laughs> like that for should sure. be a main event. Or it could have been a main event uh, now. <laughs> It it was it was pretty much the main it was definitely the best match in the night, um, and we we brought it up last week that thought uh, you know Heyman and Kenny or 
the Daniels in the mirror was going to be challenging for match of the night, but this match took the cake. The, the MJF and Darby burned the house down. Um, so, you know, props to them. That was an epic match. And um, so I see why they, they put Punk on this plane with uh, MJF. And I do think this is where he's uh, Punk is going to take his first loss. Um, you know, he can't come up to MJF and sun him and then, you know, not pay for it later. So I definitely think that uh, this is going to be that extended program. We're going to see multiple matches. We're going to see Punk take his first loss. And, um, you know, Angry Punk finally resurface. You know, he, he did in the uh, build up to the Kingston match, but I think we're going to get to see more of it now with MJF and how great a job he does pushing buttons and getting under his opponent's skin. But hopefully keep him a little on the face side of things because I feel like we just, I don't want to go too heel heavy because then you stop, you know, then you start running out of faces to who you could like match them up with because that's one thing that AW is pretty, AEW does pretty well is heel versus face. You know, we might like, <laughs> other than Cody Rhodes, you know, we usually see where the lines are drawn. So, um, you know, I think you could get by with face versus face, but heel versus heel. Like that's what's, you know, we'll get into a Survivor Series. That's what I'm like with Becky and Charlotte. It's a little interesting dynamic there. But um, we also saw the acclaimed go against Dante Martin, Leo Rush. Deontay Martin, Leo Rush pick up the win, Greg. They're really Joan as a tag team and win um, whoever Max or I mean, um, whoever the other brother is of Dante comes back. It's going to be an interesting dynamic to see uh, how Leo Rush and him kind of work together. Um, as far as that goes. So any thoughts on Leo Rush um, and um, Dante Martin as a tag team right now, Greg? Yeah, they they look phenomenal as a team together. Um, the way they move as fast as they are and as precise as they are, there are very few teams that can do what they do right now. And these guys have only been thrown together for a few weeks. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more matches with these guys. Uh, I've always been a, a Leo Rush fan from, you know, the moment I saw him. Um, he reminds me of guys like Ricochet and uh, Bay Phoenix, the guys who are super technical but fly all over the place and look good doing it. Um, so love this tag team. And we know we're all high on Dante Martin and – the sky's the limit for this guy. So he, he's definitely with the right guy right now as far as gelling, becoming a good tag team. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens when his brother comes back and uh, how he fits into the dynamic if Leo goes back into a more managerial role and tries to raise them both up or they turn on the brother. Is There's so many... Uh, different options that they have for um, what can happen when the brother comes back. So it's just more layers to the onion that we get to enjoy. Now that I'm thinking about it, Greg, I almost want the brother to join um, team Taz. And then you have that aspect where he, you know, the brother gets jealous. I mean, I know we do brother versus brother all the time, 
But you're you're leaving like because you have Team Taz keep trying to get Dante. Maybe the whole time they've gotten the other brother, <laughs> and you know just because he was jealous mm-hmm. of. And I'm glad that your rush is with Dante because honestly, Dante's promo skills, Greg, are a little you know, and it's it's obvious. And it, I mean, he is 2021, 20, so you know, cutting a promo is still early on for him. But um, you know, I wasn't expecting Stone Cold Steve Austin to cut promos the best at 20. So you know, we got to give him some leeway. But it's good that you put a voice like Leo, who can you know, he got Bobby Lashley over. By you know talking yeah. about Lashley's ass, so I mean, you can get anything <laughs> over. So um, right, yeah. And uh, finally, Jay Lethal made his debut. By the way, we didn't even mention that, Greg. Uh, Jay Lethal's like, "F this ship of ROH, I'm just gonna leave now." You know, I don't care about best in the world or you know the last best in the world and all that stuff. Pay per view. I'm just, I'm uh, if my contract's done, I'm done. So he's the he's the first Ring of Honor guy to. You know that we see pop up somewhere else, Greg, and we haven't seen uh, Jay Lethal do his uh, was a black machismo yet. You know, like uh, the Ric Flair stuff, but I'm sure we'll see that at some point whenever Ric mm-hmm. Flair shows up in AEW. But not a bad match, you know, a good good match. You know, we kept talking about Sammy Guevara needs to put the TNT title back in the forefront for himself, and that's why I was glad Team Lambert lost, and you know Jericho got the win. Uh, even though I thought I heard Dan Lambert show back up on TV again last night, which I hope wasn't the case. But anyway, so, um, yeah, just a good Jay Lethal, Sammy Guevara match. And then that was it. <laughs> that was kind of the end. You know, I think we we're kind of waiting for something else to happen. And it was just a handshake and then the Sammy Guevara celebrating. <laughs> so uh, that was it. But not a bad match to introduce Jay Lethal to the, I'm sure most of AW crowd knows him, Greg. But there's also young kids there that, Probably have no clue, but yeah, I just think it's funny that he's like, you know, he he jumped from the Titanic before it went down. He he found a lifeboat already, so uh, good <laughs> on his end. But I'll be curious mm-hmm. to see if there's anybody else kind of doing that, you know, right after the right after the New Year when ROH shuts its doors for the time being and re you know reimagines themselves as what they could be. So uh, thoughts on the end match there, Greg, for Jay Lethal and Sammy Guevara. Yeah, um, I was surprised to see that he was the, because uh, you knew at full gear somebody was going to get introduced. Um, yeah. it, I was a little surprised it was him. Uh, I haven't seen him wrestle a match since uh, Impact, but, mm-hmm. you know, I knew the guy is is a really good wrestler, uh, and apparently in the time since Impact has, you know, gone to the birds, He's really made a name for himself in Japan and in ROH and becoming like one of the top guys uh, in the game. So um, I've been known of that, but not, you know, really taking any effort to go watch his current matches. And um, I've only heard about, you know, these these classics he's having with, you know, the Jay Whites and the, mm-hmm. um, you know, the top guys in ROH in New Japan and you know, just like proud of the guy because, mm-hmm. you know, I've seen what he was and I saw the the woo off in real time <laughs> at uh, Impact and uh, it it popped me hard because, you know, being Rick Flair fan my whole life, you know, that was too funny. And mm-hmm. uh, so I'm 
happy he's he's doing great for himself and to see him pop back up and you know they put him over on uh, full gear you know that this was a big deal you know Jay Lethal and the crowd popped for him and it led to this match um, I enjoyed the match aside from the whole uh, business with uh, Sammy's ribs and him being down for so long. Um, I don't know if it's one of those moments where he really was injured and, uh, but you know, you don't see the universal X that they throw up when a guy is, um, you know, legit injured. Yeah. Um, so if they're just milking it, you know, it was, you know, almost five minutes of just wasted time. And it took away from some of the um, flow of the match, a lot of the flow of the match. And then um, I know what they're getting at, you know, having Sammy push through and squeeze out a win any way you can. Um, you overkilled it a bit there with with selling the injury. Um, that was my only complaint about it. It was still a solid match. Jay Lethal looked great. Sammy looked great. They pulled off some awesome moves. And, um, yeah, I was waiting for something at the end, too, with the whole inner circle kind of surrounding Jay Lethal in the corner. Um, I half expected them all to jump in. So, uh, but nothing happened. And, you know, everybody shook hands and made nice. So, um, good ending to, you know, a great main event. So. It's almost one of those things I wonder if maybe you reverse, you know, we always think like, do you do the hangman stuff at the end and then the match with evil Uno and Brian Danielson at the end and kind of let that play off. Like sometimes I do wonder about the production, you know, sometimes I feel like the best things aren't the opening and maybe it should have been safe for the end. And then sometimes they're, you know, the end stuff should have been, but you know, it's just, it's one of those growing pains and they'll learn, you know, what they want to put. So, um, yeah. Any other full gear thoughts you had, Greg? You know, while we wrap that up for AEW side, then we'll get to Survivor Series talk. Um. Hmm. I think, no, not that good thing about the, top of my head. The tag team match, the um, FTR and Lucha. I was kind of surprised we yeah. didn't get the tag switch, but I thought that was pretty solid. Uh, we also had what the Falls Count Anywhere. Um, you know, we still have all the, the Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy and Christian stuff with the, the Elite, you know, for now. That seems to be kind of keep going. Uh, Darby and MJF, ridiculously good match. Like we said, I mean, that should probably main event in a year or two. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Those two, I mean, we talk about the pillars, the pillars, the pillars, but they're, they're slowly um, eclipsing – uh, who we, who's the other? I'm trying to think. This. So Sammy Guevara and who's the other one? Sammy Darby, uh, MJF. MJF. And... <laughs> we, we're blanking on the fourth. Oh, Jungle Boy. <laughs> Jungle Boy, yeah. 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 I, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're – and obviously Darby and MJF have ecli- you know, eclipsed those right now. And Jungle Boy, I – I feel like this whole stuff with the elite is kind of dragging him down. It seems like, you know, it, it, I mean, if he can get over 
on Adam Cole at some point. I feel like that would help him, but is that going to happen? So, um, yeah, they're they're trying out the whole the singles match between Adam Cole and Jungle Boy, doing all these tag team matches, and they really need to pivot off of that and get to the one on one. Yeah. That being said, full gear the the six man with. Uh, Jurassic and Christian against the uh, Bucks and and uh, Adam Cole was really good. For yeah, um, I was I wasn't sold on it halfway through, but the way they finished it was was great. So uh, they they reeled me in, and uh, by the time the match was over, I was highly entertained and. You know, the V trigger with the two the knee pads, the uh, the studded knee pads, and then yeah, Christian diving off the little, even though the, you know that dive didn't look at like in real time, it didn't look as high as I would have thought, but you know, it wasn't quite Jeff Hardy diving off, you know, like from that little uh, MJ uh, uh, MSG at Survivor Series type, but you know, it was pretty good fall. I mean, Christian always looks like a kid jumping into the water and like. For the first time ever, every time he does those, I mean, you know, it just, it's just funny. So, um, and then of course, you know, Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega, that just had all the near falls you needed. And I thought, you know, I, I mean, I was wondering, I'm like, oh man, they're not going to pull the trigger on Hangman, but then they finally did. And I was really happy, you know, you could just tell the elation of that. So, um, yeah, full gear. I mean, it was a really solid, excellent pay-per-view. And now though, We'll got, we got um, December, sorry, winter is coming, which saw the emergence of Sting last year and saw that's when Omega won against um, John Moxley. So I'll be curious to see what they'll build up for that. And then at the end of the month of December, we have New Year's Smash, which will be the last two, you know, on TNT as far as uh, Rampage and Dynamite, I believe. So as they move to TBS, so. We'll get wrestling back on TBS there, Greg. Uh, 6.05 on a Saturday night, right? Yep. That's the uh, primetime <laughs> spot. Yep. They need to do that for Rampage. I don't know. You know, whatever. But they won't. So, uh, yeah. But Anyways. another interesting uh, wrinkle that they're doing now is that with Kenny being out, that um, I think this is where the leadership of the elite switches over to Adam Cole. Yeah. Yep. And – it's definitely going Kenny to, gets upset about that. Right. And then we end up with the elite getting splintered or, you know, going like NWO red and black. It gets the uh, <laughs> black and white. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we're going to end up seeing, you know, a year from now, Adam versus Kenny uh, for control of the elite or, you know, one gets thrown out or something like that. So, you know they because Kenny's they, the double kiss. <laughs> yeah, the double kiss. He uh he I guess he's been nursing in nursing injuries like wrestling hurt and so yeah, give him all the time. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't mind him taking off, you know, five, six months and just get all the way yeah. healthy and help back, you know, help production wise or help backstage if he need to. But uh yeah, like you said, and we'll probably see a certain undisputed member back in AW soon enough with Kyle Riley, Greg. So we'll get Bobby fish, Kyle Riley and <laughs> um, Adam Cole all back together. Does, you know, undisputed era. So um, who am I missing the fourth? Oh, Roderick. 
I feel like Roderick Strong is staying in it, and I think we don't see him. I mean, now he's got Diamond Mine. You know, that's right. that's his baby. So, but Kyle Wright with Greg, yeah, the 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 writing's on the wall there. <laughs> he's he's probably just counting down the days on that contract. So, <laughs> right, if he's not camping out with Vaughn, so um, that is AW talk for us. Let's do one more commercial break. Uh, actually, we'll do a couple because we got to get these in. So we'll do. Uh, Sean Nugent for your realty talk and that gives you some rogue energy and then we'll get right into it Greg. Uh, Survivor Series has a new meaning uh, in WWE. It's survive the cuts anymore. It's not <laughs> a Survivor Series so we'll right. see who uh, who becomes their survivor after all these Nick Khan cuts lately. So, uh, Sean Nugent with your realty talk then some rogue energy and right into it. What is up, everybody? It's your boy Dan over at BWSports1.com and Black and White Sports. And I'm wondering, if you're ready to buy or sell that home, now's the time, and I got just the person for you. Mr. Sean Nugent, a.k.a. Rockstar Realtor himself. 317-503-8322. Put that home on the market. Get into your dream home with this man. Talk to Sean at Talk to Tucker today, 317-503-8322. And make sure you tell him the boys over at BWSports1.com sent you. get right into it some survivor series talk i'm going to share what we got going on there first greg i want to hear do you have any good because for me i have a really awesome survivor series memory which involves 2012 because i was live for the debut of the shield and it doesn't get much better than that and fun fact greg the seth rollins turn on the shield happened in indianapolis so I was there for the beginning nice. and the end. And one other trivia fact for myself. I just missed out on the Undertaker streak because I was at WrestleMania 8. And we all know the streak started at 7, Greg. But then I was at 30 <laughs> and the streak was broken. So if I ever meet the Undertaker, I'll be like, why couldn't you just wait one year to start your streak? Because <laughs> there can't be that many people that would be able to be as a fan, Greg, saying... Yeah, I saw the beginning and the end of the streak for the taker like that. <laughs> I would feel like I've been in uh, a rare, rarefied air for that. But yes, Survivor Series 2012 was the debut of the Shield, so that's always fun for me to throw back. And just the debuts, you know, we had Taker debut at Survivor Series. We had The Rock debut. I mean, Sting technically debuted at Survivor Series. Uh, was that 2013 mm-hmm. uh, to help Dolph Ziggler? If we remember that guy, pick up the win for uh, Team Raw, I believe it was, or Team SmackDown, I believe it was. So, um, yeah, it, it kind of sucks that Survivor Series 
has become this afterthought it has because like you said for us greg growing up in you know the 90s i loved watching you know hulk hogan team up with whatever three guys he's going to team up with or the ultimate warrior team up with three guys and you know you all had you had the fun nicknames and now it's just become brand versus brand but there's no stakes involved so it doesn't matter and we have brand people fighting each other like last night and the night before so it's like do they care about their brand? But and then you have, of course, Greg, Adam Pierce and Sonya are like, I want Team Raw to win, but I also want Team SmackDown to win. So it's like, make up your mind. But uh, first off, Greg, do you have any good Survivor Series memories that you want to throw out there as far as that goes? Um, definitely not as good as yours, Ben. You, yeah, you right. We're there for some good <laughs> stuff, man. Um. <laughs> Now, I'm with you, though. I, I love the old school Survivor Series with, you know, the team names. And uh, it was one of the pay-per-views I look forward to uh, the most because uh, seeing like them just taking the top five stars off of each uh, brand and put them against each other. Um, so I hated Hogan, but seeing him and Savage and, um, you know, all the top guys, all the top faces against all the top heels, uh, it was great. And then uh, moving on into the Attitude Area, still that same mentality, uh, still those juicy matchups. And they've completely lost their way now with the way they formatted this with you know these are the five but they all hate each other and they're mm -hmm. all wrestling each other beating each other up and it's just taking the whole starch out of the survivor series for me i mean um you know they're still putting yeah it's not even like the whole top five the way they used to do in the old days and you know, when you see um you know, the Mysterios were in and the, you know, even Tony Storm being in there now, you know, it's not the top five against the top five. You know, I get, you know, the, champ, the champions being aside because the champion faces the champion, but, you know, two through six being in this match on both sides, you know, they're not doing that anymore. And it's taken away a lot from the whole uh, Survivor Series dynamic as well as, you know, the infighting and then the manager or the uh, the officials taking, uh, you know, being in business for themselves and not caring about the teams. Uh, so it's kind of all wasted for me. But uh, why not have like Big E captain a team and then go against Roman Reigns captain? Because... That's the thing too. Like your champions should be your captains. <laughs> They're the, you know, you don't True. need them one-on-one. -on -one. You need them for your team. If you care about, you know, our Becky picks a team. I mean, even I do not, you know, and then you could throw guys like the Mysterios with Damian Priest. Like I can get behind that. Cause that's kind of that mid card level, you know, and then you do a, you do a kickoff one. Like I don't now, am I going to be like, do I want to see Big E go against Roman? Yeah. But at the same time, that probably could be safe for Royal Rumble or be safe for WrestleMania, you know, down the road. Like, you're kind of wasting it here 
when it doesn't have any meaning. So, uh, and we didn't even bring it up, Greg. <laughs> we forgot about the screw job being the probably the most famous. Um, right, right. Survivor Series, which is really funny because then I think about uh, Survivor Series 98. They did the same exact damn finish <laughs> with The Rock and Mick Foley. Now, granted, that was literally all work. But uh, that was what, and I will say, Greg, that was the first pay-per-view I recall, like, being, oh, my God, like, kind of, you know, pissed off because <laughs> Mick Foley wasn't going to win the <laughs> title. So I always think of that as one of my memories, too. But it's funny to think two years you did the same exact thing. Granted, one was, a, uh, you know, legit work. The other was, hey, let's just do it again because we got heel guys. So, um, yeah, but I think you just need – I think next year they really need to think about why not just have our champion pick his team – and go get you know, and still do champion versus champion, but they're they're throwing it into the team format and giving stakes. You know, I keep saying that. You know, give up draft pick, or you know, you win a draft pick, or you get a guy from the other brand. You know, give us give us something that we can. You know, I think they did a trophy one year even, <laughs> but now they don't. Now it's just mm-hmm. like they don't even have the they don't do the scorecard. I don't think you know the one year NXT right. one. I think they did the you know NXT swept everything. <laughs> but that was a, and that was a fun year because you had all I felt like really top guys. You know, we had Keith Lee going against Roman Reigns in the ring there, and you had you know mm-hmm. really it felt like tough you know top competition. So uh, because now looking at this, Greg, I didn't even know we're doing a twenty-five man <laughs> dual brand battle royal. Uh, I, I'm believing it's on the kickoff, but it could be on the main show. Who knows? But in honor of the Rocks. 25th anniversary so we're not going to get the rock Greg, but we're going to get a 25 man battle royal with the likes of you know um ricochet t-bar mansoor cesaro the viking raiders the street prophets r-truth drew gulak and aj and almost and then of course Sami Zayn, uh los lotharios commander aziz um uh, paul cruz alpha academy hurt business uh, Ziggler and Rude and uh, Slim Shanky and um, Jinder Mahal. So I'll just predict it. Uh, I'm going to just flip a coin. Team Raw wins, Greg. So I'll just give you SmackDown. <laughs> How about that? Because who the hell cares about this 25 man? I mean, I love Battle Royals, so I'll you know it'll be fun to watch. But at the same time, it's not going to mean anything. So do you have any thoughts, Greg, on? The 25-man dual brand Battle Royal. Yeah, I don't even think The Rock is going to watch it because, <laughs> I mean, the, the names in there are just, you know, the guys who chase the 24-7 title, the um, the tag rest teams. of the job squad, <laughs> tag teams. Yeah, it's, it's just everybody who didn't get a Survivor Series uh, match, you're getting thrown into the Battle Royal. Um you know, you can throw some debuts in there. And it would be a good spot to throw some debuts in it. But try to throw some debuts when you're cutting everybody. So, yeah. you know, this would be a good showcase for Hit Row. Hello. Um, you know, let them Our come own. in there and wipe everybody up. Yeah. Um, so they're they're just kind of screwing themselves. This Battle Royal is just a way to get more faces on TV, I think. Um, and like I said, I don't know if it's kickoff. I'm, I imagine it might. It's probably going to be the kickoff. I would imagine. 
like on the kickoff show. I can't believe they're going to put this on <laughs> the main card. So, yeah. Um, uh, are you go? Are you? Do you want? Do you mind if I give you SmackDown team? Are you blue yeah, brand or red brand, Greg? Um, right now I'm blue brand. Yeah. Okay. First, you notice my little my color here. I was very <laughs> specific with my my color there, but yeah. Um. Anyway, so how about this? Nakamura versus Damian Priest. I think this is going to be a fun match. I mean, the I don't think these guys have ever mixed it up together. Well, I don't think I think they would have just missed each other in NXT. If I, you know, yeah. well, yeah, Nakamura was, all, yeah. So I think this might be the first time they're mixing it up together on the main roster. So, you know, this could be kind of that under the radar, better than we think match. I will say Damian Priest picks up the wind because it just feels like they really want to push him more than Nakamura. So, uh, what, who do you got, Greg, in this match? Well, before I get to that, I thought oh, that would be another um, idea for our whole uh, issue with, you know, having the champions be the captains and picking their own teams. That even if you want to keep champion versus champion as a singles match, you could take that secondary title, uh, like international or the intercontinental and the U.S. And have those captains pick a team. Yeah. So yes. now you get two through six against two through six um, and do it that way. Yeah. Um, and that way you have two, you know, marquee matches at the top. Um, and I definitely see that they're trying to get Priest um, some more momentum. They're putting them over strong. Um, they're doing this new thing with you know, having more aggressive, you know, dark Damien coming out being, yeah, more aggressive. Uh, at the same time, though, they're really leaning in big with uh, Nakamura and Boogs because Nakamura and Boogs are getting over, um, yeah, probably more than they thought they would. And I think Pat McAfee has been uh, a bigger part of that than they expected, too. <laughs> yeah, but, um, you know, they, they, Put both these champions over strong, and it is going to be a great match if they are given you know, the right amount of time to, you know, tell a story and deliver a great match. Which any match Nakamura is in can be a great match. Um, I can tell from his NXT debut to now, um, when I'm not rushing the match to be over in five minutes. Uh, Nakamura brings it. So, Priest, on the other hand, being the, the more unknown quantity, um, this is a match that they should, you know, let it breathe, give it 10, 15 minutes, and, you know, then you got a good, solid four-star match. Uh, as far as the winner, I'm going to go opposite and s stick with my blue bread and take in Nakamura. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, like I said, I think both these guys, you know, and it does suck for Nakamura. I think I saw the stat. He's only defended the IC title once <laughs> since like SummerSlam <laughs> or something like that. So, or even before that. So, yeah, we, we got to get him some title defenses soon. Uh, RK Bro, Raw Tag Team Champions versus Tag Team Champions of SmackDown, the Usos. I'll say the Usos, Greg. I think they want to keep the bloodline strong still. 
And, you know, this will be I'll, – I'll be curious to see how Orton, you know, the, now Orton's showing a different side. You know, he's starting to turn a little more. You know, maybe maybe um, Riddle shows a more aggressive side in this to, you know, take things seriously, mm-hmm. a little more seriously. But I still feel like they might eat the L here uh, just because I feel like the Usos are the bigger story. And I believe mm-hmm. Roman will probably go for Big E. So I think that's why you want to kind of keep all the bloodline strong. But I'm going to call Blue Brand here, Greg, for my winner. How about yourself? Um, this is one I'm kind of on the fence for. Um, and I, I love the Usos, but uh, I still think like how to act in the game right now is, is RK Bro. And, uh, you know, there's a RKO out of nowhere waiting for one of them. So I, I'm going to take your red guys and I'd stick with them for this one. Yeah. Um, what about Becky Lynch and Charlotte? So we got Becky, Raw Women's Champion. We have Charlotte, SmackDown Women's Champion. We are here in a real life. Their friendship is done. Um, Becky would be happy if Charlotte wasn't even part of it. There's been some shots fired and, you know, even Charlotte trying to address some of it. I feel like Charlotte is going to be more company line, you know, like that she, you know, than Becky. Becky just doesn't care. (laughs) So Becky will call her a bitch and, you know, say stuff like that in the press and all that. So uh, the real life stuff is giving some juice to this as I like to use one of your words, Greg. Um, I, I love your word of juice whenever we get to these matches, but um, <laughs> so there you go. Trademark Greg for that. Uh, I, I'm going to go Becky. I think I, I just love Becky so much. Becky is my woman that I'll never get. So I have to go with Becky in the win here. Even though it <laughs> wouldn't surprise me if Charlotte wins and maybe SmackDown will be the dominating force here. But I feel like Becky's got a lot more to gain by beating Charlotte and, you know, moving away from both of them. And, you know, Becky bragging on that would be a lot better than Charlotte bragging on it. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go Team Red here, Greg. What about yourself? Yeah, the, the real life story unfolding is is getting real interesting. And it's definitely uh, adds, you know, a lot more juice <laughs> to um, – <laughs> The whole match overall, um, especially if you're believing what uh, they're saying, that Charlotte is a few weeks away from getting released because of all the animosity and uh, going off script and, you know, her reputation for being so hard to work with. Uh, but the other girls, uh, I've seen a couple of things written that uh, – they need to give her enough weeks to uh, drop the championship and then she's going to be gone. And, you know, you take all that stuff with a grain of salt, you know, you know, Triple H will tell you in a second not to listen to the dirt cheats and all that stuff on the internet. But, um, you know, with all these layoffs, things like that that have been going on and, you know, the names are dropping haven't been small names um, Charlotte Flair would be the biggest name this year um, by a wide margin if that actually happened. But so that, that kind of clouds 
my prediction if if that's what they're actually working on mm-hmm. and it would make more sense for for Becky to get that win before Charlotte leaves and you know Becky has more to um brag about you know she can say she's the one who ran Charlotte out you know it adds to more to uh Becky's character mm-hmm. if that's not the case and Charlotte staying around then they you know, she's the best female on the roster uh right now and her ring work is the best regardless of what everybody says about her working with the girls backstage and how uh, difficult she is the in ring does not disappoint so as far as my official prediction um just going off of instinct i'm calling it for charlotte and you know what i kind of wonder greg knowing vit well not knowing vitek man but just this aura that i have of him or you know kind of perception of him doesn't he almost want charlotte being that kind of difficult person just to keep people on their toes i mean at, you know like at work i feel like you always have that person that you don't want to work with necessarily but it almost keeps things honest in a way does that make it you know what i mean like so yeah. like i mean i I can't see her. I the only way she leaves if her contract runs out and she ultimately wants to. Like I don't see them letting her go. <laughs> I just feel like because you'd really have people jumping ship, fan wise. I you know if people aren't jumping ship now, I mean if that you know that would like you said if she was let go on December thirty first, that would be the biggest name. I mean in a while to go to be let go. You know now if she leaves. After contract is out, that's you know that's her choice. Should be the Adam Cole, you know. I I won't fault her, but let her go. Mm-hmm. You know, cutting lot. You know, thinking that she's too difficult or what? Like, I just I don't know. I feel like Vince would be like, we need that in the back. <laughs> we need somebody keeping yeah. people on their toes. So like, yeah, there's a weird dynamic I, there. Yeah, I agree with that. And you know, looking at on the same lines, um a guy who had that same reputation uh, on the men's side was Undertaker, mm. where he was that guy. He kept everybody in line, and he was the one who would tell, you know, I've heard this story from multiple superstars where, you know, if you don't take this punch and sell it like you're supposed to, I'm going to tag it for real. Yeah. And, you know, when you got the ring with this guy, you better be on your game. Otherwise, you know, you might get jacked up. So, you know, it could be the same way, you know, when Charlotte is in a match with a girl is, you know, they lay it out uh, what the match is going to be. And Charlotte's the uh, elder stateswoman now. So she knows the in and outs, the A, B, and Cs. And everybody who's in the ring with her right now are younger and not as polished, you know, take away the four horsewomen, uh, Becky, Charlotte, or, you know, Becky, Sasha, and everyone else right now, you know, maybe aside from, like, Natty, it's a lot younger, a lot greener, and 
they need a lot more work. So that never Charlotte, you know, of course Charlotte's going to be one calling the shots. So with uh, women, women are a caddy. They're going to not like it. They're going to be um, more outspoken. And that's probably what all this contentiousness is about. But uh, I definitely agree with your point that, uh, you know, she could be that undertaker on the women's side that keeps everybody else kind of in check. And Charlotte to me has always been, it seems like on the out, on the outside, she could show everything, but inside, I always wonder if she's that, I hate saying that tick away from just being really just, you know, just, just depressed, you know, like exude self-confidence on the outside, but on the inside, you wonder what exactly is going on. I, I do feel like mentally, I wonder at times, uh, especially reading her book with Rick Flair, it seems like, you know, she's always trying to find, you know, prove, prove them right, prove them right. Like how often, you know, how much longer can you keep wanting to do that? You know, before it just kind of wears on you. So, yeah. Um, by the way, speaking of Natalia, Greg, she tweeted out last night, marked her, 500th win which is crazy to think wow so um congrats to her even though i still don't care for her but happy for her <laughs> and we will jump right in well sorry we got one more champion versus champion i kind of gave away my call because it feels like it's all roman all the time so i'm calling roman to bit beat biggie i still think we're going to get a hard-hitting physical match I wonder if this might close the night or will it be right before the men's Survivor Series match type deal. But, uh, you know, I think we'll see Spear versus Spear. And, you know, maybe the Usos play a part. Maybe New Day plays a part just to kind of give that, it, you know, that storyline to it. But um, I'm going to say Big or Roman gets the win, but still feel really good for Biggie even being in this program with Roman. I feel like this is solidifying Big E as well. So, you know, I don't think you could go wrong with either. You know, I think it would help Big E, obviously, to go over Roman, but I don't foresee Roman losing this type of match. So um, I'm calling Blue Brand here. So I think that gives me, let's see, I've only given uh, Raw one, two. I think I'm going to like two and two so far, three and two. So we're, we're still close in wins, but. Um, yeah, I'm going Roman here, Greg. What about you? Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a queen flip. Um, you know, Roman hasn't taken a, queen, a clean loss yet. and um, But you want to do it here because it would it would make sense with, uh, you know, he, they've taken out Kofi. They've been beating down Woods for like the last couple shows and you know, doing all the thing with the crowd, which I'm happy about with the uh, the whole King of the Ring uh, aspect of it and you know, breaking the scepter and destroying all the paraphernalia and kind of adding some realness to it. You know, Roman holding down Woods and smashing the crown and going, I don't need a prop. And just kind of clowning him for the gimmick he's been working on for so long. Just to add some realness to it. So um, I like that part of it. But um, the way they've been taking advantage or getting the um, one-up on the New Day, you know, for this past month, 
Um, you want to see E get his, you know, comeuppance. And I want to call a uh, disqualification win for him. You know, maybe hits Roman with that big ending, and then the, the Usos run out the back and jump him, um, and put them both over because E's going to get a disqualification win. But you know, maybe the three of them, you know, gang up and and take out E at the end, so that Roman can be the last one standing. Um, that's the ending that I would write. And when I watch it, that's what I hope happens. But officially, I believe that they're still going to uh, give this one to Roman, and he's going to have to get back a different way. Yeah. So I'm still sticking with Blue. Yeah. That I mean, and like I think it's just be a really strong match, and uh, I can't wait to you know see them really duke it up and you know go at it, and just a different because this is a different Big E than we've seen going against Roman and obviously Roman has been in different levels since last year. So it's just crazy to see, you know, that, um, then we get to our meat and of the heart of the matter right here. We got the, the survivor series matches. We'll go to the women's side first, Greg. So we have raw, which is Bianca. We have Rhea Ripley. We have Liv Morgan. We have Selena, Queen Selena, and we have Carmella, uh, going against team SmackDown, which is Sasha Banks, Shayna Baszler, um, Shotzi, Natty, and Tony Storm. <laughs> I would love to see Tony Storm get featured in this, but I feel like she's going to eat the L right away. Um, I could see Carmella getting right out of there quickly. You know, what does Shotzi and Sasha kind of go at each other? I feel like it's ultimately going to be Bianca Greg kind of being a sole survivor or getting the win. You know, we're still high on her. So I'm calling Team Raw here. I think SmackDown, you know, has a high has a strong team in a way just with some of them, but raw just looks like the better team overall. So I'm going team brawl Bianca being the winner in this match, maybe soul survivor, probably going against like Shayna and Natty and just, you know, picking up wins there. So um, how about you, Greg? Yeah, I'm with you on this one. Uh, the raw team seems stronger than the SmackDown team. Um, the angle with the end fighting, I'm not enjoying it. Plus, I think uh, Natty and the defined down Shayna is dragging the whole team down. Um, I was liking what they were doing with Shayna for a little bit when they had her taken out, you know, had her take out Naya, had her take out uh, Eve Marie, and looks like they Literally. were giving her her killer instinct back. Yeah. And, They're no um, longer with us. <laughs> yeah, but but now um, she's she's become a member of the Goon Squad, and she's in on the fix with Naomi, and she's gone back to being, you know, an afterthought. And they're not, you know, keeping that viciousness, that meanness that she, um, you know, she's always had. And, the, the scene that we saw teaming with Nia is, is, is not pretty. So, um, just as the way that they've been weakening her and, you know, Mad being Natty, you know, that's probably going to be the, she's going to take the first fall of the night, probably. Um, yeah, I definitely think Raw is going to win the women's match. 
And then finally the SmackDown, or sorry, the men's Survivor Series. So we got SmackDown side, captained by Drew McIntyre. We have Jeff Hardy. We have Xavier Woods, King Xavier. Hopefully he can still make it. And Happy Corbin and Greg Sheamus. I thought last night, I'm like, I, I mean, I kept saying he's going to win. He's, I'm like, I'm like, you could have put any of those. I like, give me Cesaro. I know Cesaro probably would eat the L right away. Give me Ricochet, you know, but no, we went <laughs> Sheamus. Like, you went the safe pick. You went the, we're, we know Sheamus, what he could do, and I get it. Um, you know, I'm not hating on Sheamus, but at the same time, Sheamus doesn't need to be in this match. <laughs> so, uh, Greg, oh, sorry. And then Raw side, we have Seth Rollins, the captain, Finn Bauer, Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley, and Austin Theory, which I believe I called Greg. I said Austin Theory should have been on the So I take credit for them. Once again, they're listening to our podcast <laughs> because yep. now I did not think that he would get in the way he did. But I said it makes sense that you would put him in there. I'm still thinking, I, I feel like Drew, I think they want to get Drew back in the forefront. So I feel like Drew is going to win for his team. Even though it feels like the Raw team, once again, is a little more, is stronger than the, the SmackDown side of things. But I feel like Drew getting the win, you know, slowly building him up to go against Roman, you know, maybe at, uh, Royal Rumble, or maybe at WrestleMania, Greg. I think that's the end game there. So, or maybe all three months, <laughs> you know. So, um, I'm calling Team Blue for the win here. And yeah, I, but I do not agree that Sheamus needs to be on this team at all. So, <laughs> I'll just get that out of the way. Uh, where are you, how are you feeling about this men's Survivor Series style match, Greg? Um, uh, I still want, Hashtag Justin for Finn. Hashtag Justin for Ricochet. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm still sick of what they're doing with both of these guys. Uh, they so don't deserve what they've been getting. Um, but as far as the match itself goes, it's tough. Tough call. Uh, give me a line us one more time. Oh, so we have. Okay, um, who's there? Yeah, so SmackDown has Drew, Jeff Hardy, uh, Sheamus, King Xavier, and Baron Corbin, Happy Corbin. Raw has yep. um, Seth, Kevin, Finn, and Rickish, or sorry, Austin Theory, and Lashley. Yeah, um, I have to take Raw. So, I mean, Raw is the stronger team. In, you really consider what they have. Definitely. Um, and Seth being Seth, I can see them, or he he being the one who gets that final fall. Um, you know, maybe another uh, matchup with Drew on the other side or um, – Yeah, I just don't see, you know, Sheamus or um, Corbin. Corbin, definitely not, uh, being the one to be the sole survivor. Uh, there's a lot more candidates on the Raw side between Lashley and Seth and Finn, KO, 
Um, it been playing into the whole, you know, dysfunction thing with their side of the squad too, but they seem like a more cohesive unit. And even if one of them is responsible for taking another one out, you know, this is definitely a better squad than what SmackDown's bringing. So I'm going to take Team Red. And for Seth still has the contract that he can get a championship title <laughs> at any point. So, you know, I, I wonder if maybe KO picks up the surprise win on his way out the door, Greg. So, um, and of course your boy Finn, my boy Finn, I would love to see him. Uh, I don't think he picks up it. I think he, I think Finn will have the strongest showing if that makes any sense. You know, maybe he takes out Corbin, takes out Sheamus, you know, gets a couple wins, uh, you know, probably eats. I mean, him and Drew mixing up, I think would be awesome. Because uh, you got yeah. the two Irish or two uh, Scottish, you know, and Irish, <laughs> they always fight each other. So, um, but yeah, uh, and Lashley, I mean, Lashley's still kind of in the background, but he could be in any forefront. So, uh, I'm I'm very surprised I'm going Team SmackDown, but at the same time, I think they need it more. You know, especially if you want Drew kind of back in the forefront. You know, maybe on that collision course with Roman. So. Uh, well, those are our predictions, Greg. I, you know, we kind of uh, we we got it done here. A little short, sweet. Um, nothing really from Raw. I mean, I was live for Raw. You know, fun night. Just it's nice to be back in wrestling in live crowds. So I joked, I'm like, I could do this every week. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, you know, give me a live band or live concerts every or live wrestling every week, and I'll be a happy man. But um, nothing too, nothing really stood out. The dark match was Bianca and ba- or Bianca Belair and um, Becky Lynch, and Bianca got the DQ win or something like that. So, not that it matters mm. <laughs> ultimately. So, um, yeah. Uh, any last thought? Uh, who do your Chargers got this week, Greg? Uh, we Pittsburgh Sunday Night Football. Okay. Um, here, Ben just came off the COVID list, so uh, oh, it looks yeah. like he's going to play. Uh, they have a bunch of team or guys who are not going to be playing, but um, actually I wanted Ben to play because he's going to be a statue standing back there. And uh, the Chargers weren't uh, spared by the COVID list either because Joey Bosa is not going to end up playing. Oh, okay. Because um, he's uh, he have, been put did on. Did he get it the, or close uh, contact? Um, I didn't see. I think he's, I think it was close contact, list. but I have to double check. But okay. yeah, he's on the list, so he's not playing. But uh, the uh, young Gohards we have on defense, they're going to go and hit the statue quite a few times, I think. Yeah. Um, so excited for that. Uh, I'm excited because there's, there have been two uh, AEW shows announced for uh, North Carolina. Um, one in uh, Greensboro in December, and okay. then they're going down to my hometown in Raleigh. Okay, that's in right. uh, January, and uh, it's gonna be the first show at PNC um, in Raleigh. So I will okay. definitely be there for that. W shows to go. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm excited. This might be like return to the territories where you know Florida, Georgia. Um, and uh, the Carolinas is where they do they the concentration of their shows. <laughs> yeah. 
So I'm down for that. Um, who do you root for in basketball? I forget who you said you pull for. And do you root for anybody in basketball? No, the Phoenix Suns. Oh, and the, then the, uh, for yeah. college, yeah, forget college to NC bad. State. Okay, yeah, but, and my uh, Pacers. Yeah, Suns are killing it right now. Well, not like my Pacers. They uh, at least they broke ninety last night, Greg. Because I don't know if you saw. <laughs> wow, they hit back to back nights. They didn't break ninety. I I don't know what is going on there. Like, because like a week ago we looked, you know, we didn't look great. I didn't think, you know, but we were putting up points and we were picking up wins and we picked up a couple wins. And then this week was just like, whoo, like the Knicks game. And then they lost to the um, Hornets and they got the Pelicans at home tonight. So, um, yeah, it sucks. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I love the Pacers so much. I just want them to do well. But And then I saw the Warriors picked up a loss. I don't know who they lost to because they're up 14-2 and two now. So I didn't see, I yeah. remember they were 14 or 12 and one or something like that. And then they, so I didn't see who they lost to, but uh, yeah. All right. Well, I, uh, yeah, we'll head off and um, I'm going to do Christmas decorating today. I got some stuff to finish up. As you can see, I got a naked tree over uh -oh. here. I need to fix. I know I didn't want to show it, but I showed it on camera anyway. So <laughs> and then this is a deflated Santa over there that I inflate. Because I love inflatables in my house too, so yeah, I got some. I am the before Thanksgiving, Greg. Are you for uh, for or after for decorating for Christmas? Uh, after, I go as long as humanly possible before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm usually talked into putting this this stuff up. I'm not a fan of the lights yeah. or the all the you know, stuff he had to dig out of the attic and yeah. then uh, listen to the foreman uh, tell you where to put it all up and, you know, what the foreman means. So yeah. that was <laughs> uh, this is the year I don't have a foreman. So. <laughs> that was mom but, for me. Yep. And for a woman, we should be saying. Yeah. Um, for a person. <laughs> so I'm all about, you know, waiting as long as possible for those things to go up. But I would take all the decorations um, that you want as long as you turn off or leave the Christmas music off. Until that after Thanksgiving, me up a wall. You don't already. Period. You Christmas I don't even want it oh, after Thanksgiving. Oh my goodness! Oh come on! <laughs> I don't want it. At I will all. say it, it. I I think it's because there's no new Christmas music. You know, like all these Christmas stations, it's all. Um, Sinatra, Dean Martin, it's the uh, the Rock Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda yep. Lee. It's you know, um, Walking in the Winter Wonderland, all, uh, all I Want for Christmas is My Two Front Teeth, Grandma Got Rain Over by Reindeer. I mean, you you, you got to think, Greg, running a Christmas station is the easiest job ever because you just give yeah. them the 30, 40 songs back here, just take it. <laughs> just hit play, hit repeat for twenty, you know, twenty-four hour or for um, you know, eight weeks. <laughs> I mean, you don't need a right. you don't need a DJ, you don't need any breaks. You know, throw in well, you can throw in your serious XM. Welcome to holiday traditions, and we're back. You know, I think that is the fun. That's you know, and I I have some bands I listen to. They put out Christmas stuff, like Christmas songs, legit, but they're never gonna make it on. You know 
the the holiday station because you have your your playlist and um yeah uh last christmas uh all i want for christmas is you you know it's christmas greg when you hear mariah carey uh yeah every hour Horrible. once every hour <laughs> like you'll be driving somewhere you'll get back in the car she's still singing and it's, it's a different <laughs> exactly. station. so yes there is um actually i've heard my chemical romance cover all i want for christmas is you so i always try to Bring that up on my playlist to play, Greg, because it's a little bit better. But um, hey, I'd yeah. be down for that. I love some MCR. So give me that yeah. and give me Trans Siberian Orchestra. Yes. And <laughs> yeah. That, uh, my that's life it. goal that's the, the, is to map out the lights to Trans Siberian Orchestra, Greg. Like if I could do that outside and figure out how that works, I'll be like, I'm done. Christmas is over. Just <laughs> just lock it up. I don't need to. I'll just leave the lights out all year and leave that. <laughs> like right. Just play it. But um, yes, my house is like, I always joke, I call it the Stephen Wonderland because it looks like Christmas has thrown up in my house. So, and I do thank my mom because she gave me that love of decorating, but it was, oh, I, I hope she's not watching because I hated decorating with her. <laughs> no, that ornament doesn't go there. It goes over here. And I'm like, no, you got to put all the Wizard of Oz characters together. It, that's how they look. You know, are we used to do, so she worked at Hallmark. Greg for 13 years. So you can really? only imagine how many Hallmark ornaments, like her box, because she had a box in the back where they could put back, you know, stuff that they wanted. And like every year they'd be like, somebody had to give her their box because her box would be overflowing. And they'd be like, just take my box too. So um, yes, we, <laughs> we have a lot of, we always joke, we should have kept track, like, you know, counting, but we would have lost track like of Hallmark ornaments that we have. And then the worst was the light motion because you take out the light bulb and forget what you did with it the next year. So you pull <laughs> out the lights and the lights wouldn't be working. And so my dad would grumble about like, okay, where's the light bulb? I'm like, but now they, they'll pin the light bulb in the box or what. Like I, that's the one mm. thing I don't help them with Greg. I'll help them with anything else. I'll be like, Oh, you're doing the tree tonight. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, if she's watching, right. she's totally, totally going to hate me. But I'll help outside. I'll help put up banisters. I'll help it. But if that tree comes out, I'm like, because I have two trees on myself. So I have a blue tree I did over there. And I got this tree, which is kind of my big tree that I need to do here, Greg. So I've started to get the tree bug where I'm like, oh, I'm going to put a tree in every room. Yeah. So me and oh, decorating geez. are, yeah. You're going to hate me when I go Facebook Live on December 1st and, uh, I show my winter wonderland. You could just block me that day that you don't oh have to Lord. see. So, yeah. Smells like pine in your house, huh? <laughs> oh, I get fake trees, though. Remember, I got, I guess I could put okay. the, the air front. Do you want me to do the air fresher that people have done? They, they stick a, they stick the air fresher in their trees so it smells like real. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. we have got way off topic here. So, wrestling fans are like, what the hell are they talking about? Well, there's nobody watching right now, so it's fine. All right, well, we will end the broadcast here on that note, and I will debut my Christmas decorations at a later date. So um, thanks for watching. Enjoy Survivor Series. Enjoy AW. Enjoy life, as they say. So uh, thank you for watching, as always. And happy Thanksgiving. See you next week. Happy Thanksgiving. Thankful for not being cut off this show yet. Exactly.